from one of my online communities and it's Mr. Ben Bird. Welcome to the show. Beard. I said it wrong. <laughs> yes, Ben Beard, just like facial hair. Sorry uh, about that. No problem. Um, yeah, my name is Ben Beard. I own Redcliffe Homes in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We are a new home sales and construction company and uh, we build typically kind of first time, sec- uh, second time home buyer homes. And uh, love love working with our clients to help them get in a great great new home and start a new chapter in their life. Wow! So is it is it growing out that way? It seems like I hear about Arizona, New Mexico, that kind of vicinity. It must be busy. I would say Arizona is probably growing a little bit more than we are. Las Cruces is a little bit of a where is that on a map kind of place, but uh, we're we're growing slowly but steadily. Okay. Great, great little community. Do you, are you like the real estate guy? You have to completely educate me. Are you the real estate guy, the builder guy, the contractor guy? Uh, I'm a little bit of of all of those things and and a few other things. Uh, We used to sell our homes through licensed realtors. Uh, We've changed that in the last, uh, actually just in December. Uh, we changed that and we're, we're using in-house builder reps who basically are just representing me as a for sale by owner type situation. But we work 90% of our deals or more have licensed realtors representing the buyers. So we pay them a commission. No problem. I pay my salespeople the same way as I paid non-licensed or excuse me, the same way that I paid licensed builder reps. Uh, bringing them in-house just allowed me to have a little bit more control. Uh, you and I met through the Cardone community. And we do in, in our company, we do Cardone, uh, Cardone University, Grant Cardone sales training every day. And our previous sales team, who was not W-2 employees, didn't want to participate in that. And so opted out of, of continuing to represent us. And so now we're, we're training every day and, and it's made a huge impact on our, on our whole company. Since I like sharing learning lessons, I, I'm going to ask you some questions about this, if you don't mind. Sure. What was that transition like? Was that a hard decision for you to make to, because, you know, we get attached to people a lot of times, not that we necessarily should in business, but what was that experience like going through getting them, the people you wanted to follow you and do things the way that you wanted? Yeah. So it was, it was definitely challenging. I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. We get emotionally connected to people and I, I'm starting to realize maybe too much. Um, and I, that sounds bad to say, but, uh, but we, we get really wrapped up in emotions and business really shouldn't be. Um, one of my mentors, Brandon Dawson, I think you're familiar with him, says the only emotion that should exist in business is celebration. Everything else should be handled uh, pretty prosaically. And that's, that's not a direct quote, but it's pretty close. It, 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 I left with GrowthCon. That was one of my most powerful powerful takeaways, to be honest, because part of what I thought being an entrepreneur was I could be as emotional as I want because it's my business. 
you know, corporate America doesn't fly. Um, And I found myself not being as good to the business or my team. That was another big takeaway from Brandon. He, he definitely teaches very well. Yeah, he does. And so I, I started the, I mean, it, it actually all started really at GrowthCon last year, 2020, right before COVID. I took my, my sales director was his self-appointed title at the time. And we went to GrowthCon together, got excited, probably me more so than him and came home and we started we signed up for Cardone U and we started all these other things. And within a couple of months, it became pretty apparent that he was just not really bought in uh, to the vision that, and direction that we were going. And so we had several conversations about it and just said, Hey, look, man, this is what it is. This is where we're going. I get that this has changed since a year ago when you first started representing me. Uh, So if you don't want to be on board, that's okay. But I need to know that you need to know that. And let's make a a plan for a transition. And we kind of, that was in May and we kind of struggled throughout the year. and, And I was trying to honor our agreement of our listing agreement of having them go through the end of the year. Uh, but it just wasn't working great. And um, I kind of, my, my biggest takeaway from this was if you know there's not a cultural fit in your company, just make the change. Don't drag it out because, oh, so painful. I know that things, uh, we lost deals because he had the ability to take them other places. And if we didn't have a home that exactly met that person's need, he would take them somewhere else and sell them something else. And um, so that, that was another part of the reason why we said, let's, let's not be represented by a licensed agent. Um, just unless we're going to write into a contract that says you basically can't use a real estate license, except to only sell my product. You know, I just, I didn't want to run that, that risk anymore of losing my marketing dollars going, actually bringing somebody in the door and then walking away and going somewhere else. So that makes perfect sense. I'm still learning real estate language. Even I've never bought a house. I have never been interested in general. I want to be a vagabond. That's why. But I say so, we can help you. Well, I want to move into an RV. Actually, I have a I have kind of a five year strategy of of craziness, and because I want to build a brick and mortar chain across the country, I want to be able to drive to each location to watch construction. I say this like I know how to build buildings and stuff, but it's fun to watch though. Even if you don't necessarily know all the details. Yes. Yes. In fact, it's more fun if you don't know the details. It's a lot more aggravating to watch if you do know the details. You know, after watching undercover billionaire and that lady, um, I, I can understand that the one who tore up the inn. Are you watching the show? I started, I watched the first two and then I, I think it paused on on TV or something and I haven't gotten back into it. I'm just going to wait until it's all out and I can just binge watch the whole season. Yeah. You're, you're better off because they last night, I thought because they were down to the final two days that last night was going to be the end and it wasn't, they're dragging it on. So you're better off doing it the way you're doing it. But, but watching that lady do the construction and tear it apart and how stressful it is. Cause she knows like totally validates your point. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, I love, I love watching a project happen and go up, but sometimes when you're, when you're watching and trying to not step in and get involved as my role as business owner, I can't be there, you know, fixing stuff along the way. I gotta just let my superintendents figure it out and give them direction. And, but I watch some of these things happening and just go, <laughs> nope. 
don't don't interfere let's let them do it and let them learn the lesson and and then go teach and correct don't step in and handle it for them the first yeah. time that's a hard skill to evolve for sure as a business owner yeah so was was this always your background or where did you start off how did you end up doing this uh, I went through a number of different jobs growing up that kind of led me into the construction field. I didn't, uh, didn't love school, but I found some construction trade skill classes in my uh, local public high school where I grew up and loved those classes. And my cousin actually married a guy who was getting a college degree in construction management. And I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought you got out of high school and went into construction and eventually worked your way up. Yeah, I would think that too. Yeah. And so I, my parents were, you know, pushing the college path and I knew I should do that, but I didn't really want to. But then I found out about this construction management degree and I was like, well, crap, if I got to go to college, let's do that. That's cool. And it was basically a business degree with an emphasis on construction, uh, construction business. And so I got my degree from Brigham Young University in Utah and graduated i got recruited to come work for a home building company in southern new mexico worked with them for about five years in a couple different positions helped them grow pretty substantially and then uh, it was time to do something different and i jumped off and started my own business in 2017. well congratulations that's brave and awesome at the same time (laughs) yeah so you were talking about bringing Cardone U into your ecosystem for your team. And I know we, we hear all the success stories. I'm just curious, can you share any impact that that's had on your business? Yeah, it has been huge. Probably more so for me than anybody else, to be honest. Um, We're, you know, the construction industry, if you're familiar with Michael Gerber's The E-Myth, the construction industry is just just plagued by technicians, people that know how to do the skill that then go start their own business and know nothing about how to run a business. Mm. And I was I was that way myself. Um, I think I had a little bit. At least I knew I was at least I knew what I didn't know. Um, but I but the construction industry, you know, some guy gets a job, does it for a few years knows how to say, say siding a house. He knows how to site a house and gets really good at it and says, and to heck with this, I don't want to work for this jerk. I'm going to start my own company and do it on my own. And he can do it and be very successful. But then, you know, how many guys is he going to lose along the way? Cause he doesn't know how to properly lead a team and, and motivate a team and, um, and run a successful business, you know, and then, then it turns into this waking nightmare of, I, I don't have money. I'm, I don't, I'm not managing my cash flow very well. I'm, you know, all these, all these problems that entrepreneurs find ourselves in and uh, they, you, you get tend to get stuck a little bit in, in some of those cycles. And so um, Cardone U has given me the ability to kind of step outside of the day-to-day and say, okay, this is actually a business. And so when, when you asked what I do, I said, I own a new, first of all, I own not, I'm a general contractor. I own a business that is a new home construction and sales business and construction industry. We tend to just focus on construction. Mm. We're builders. We build. Well, no, we have to sell things too. There has to be a client paying for all this fun that we have every day. 
on the job site. And so that shift has been huge. And I would love to, at some point, have that as part of my company's impact to help change the construction industry and see that we are really a sales industry, just like any other industry. We just happen to sell things that are really big, really expensive. They need a mortgage to be able to buy them most of the time, and they can't be moved. But they can be lived in, and they can provide great benefit to you, but they're just huge, and they can't be moved. But we're still a sales company, first and foremost. I think that's one of my biggest learnings as well from the whole environment. I never thought of myself as a salesperson until, you know, the last few months being in the accelerator program and everything. And it's, it's a different way of thinking because now I'm thinking about it, not just with my clients. I think about it with everything that I want to get. I have to sell myself or sell my idea. So it's, uh, so I did a sales internship in college that was, uh, it was all, it was, you're going to start your own painting business. And I got excited because I was like, I'll do that. I want to learn how to be a subcontractor. If I'm going to be a contractor later, that makes sense for me. But it ended up all being about sales. And I hated that. My dad was a sales guy forever, has always been a sales guy and very successful. And I just, I didn't like it and I didn't get it. And I was focused on kind of probably like, the, the very beginner stuff that tends to be a little bit sleazy, you know, used car salesman techniques and stuff. And I, I just didn't like it at all. And I ended up quitting that internship and just said, I'm, I'm not doing this. I don't want to be a sales guy. I hate sales. And then I started a mentorship program with Grant Cardone fall of 2019 and realized, okay, over the last two and a half years, all I've done is sell myself. I sold myself to land developers so they could help me get started. I sold myself to banks to and lenders to give me financing. I've sold homes, even though I wasn't the frontline salesperson writing the contract. I, you know, I'm, I'm the face of the company. I'm marketing all the time and I'm selling, I'm selling my employees to come to work for me. I'm selling my wife to stay married to me, my kids to be halfway obedient. <laughs> so, I mean, Life is sales, whether you like it or not, and whether you get paid for it or not, life is sales to, to some extent or another. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's a mind-blowing concept once you wrap your head around it, but you just did a good job of explaining it. So thank you for that. I, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Wow. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. Can't blame it on the pop, the blonde hair either now that I'm going a little crazy right now. Yeah, um, I love love the purple hair and I love the screen name, Bobby the Awesome. Wow. Thank you. I'm trying to teach people and, and, and on the days that I don't feel so super either remind myself. Um, so I want people to focus on the good. We're always diminishing ourselves and yep. can't take a compliment, can't do the thing. So it's, it's brave of me to actually put it on the screen because I show up in every meeting that way and it's good conversation, but it, it also gets, it allows me to share the message. So I kind of like that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's amazing. So tell me more about if it's okay. Are we allowed to talk about the fact you're a licensee? Sure. Because I'm curious and, and if you tell me, we can't talk about this in front of everybody. That's fine. But I'm curious how that ties into construction or your plan or what you're thinking. Uh, no problem. It thoroughly does not tie into construction. Uh, okay. So I'm, 
first to admit that. Uh, it was, it was, I came down to making that decision for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, because I, like I mentioned earlier, I have this idea of I want to go help change the construction industry and change the mindset. And so if I want to be a coach and a trainer and, and, and help get people on to Cardone you and, and those kinds of tools, then it makes sense to be a licensee and get paid to sell them that instead of just doing it because I think that's how it should be. Um, but I, second reason was for what I paid for it to get my name tied to Grant Cardone's name and to be on his website as this is the guy. And I'm pretty sure I'm still the only one in new, in the state of New Mexico is a Grant Cardone licensee. Yeah, that's worth it. Yeah. Uh, publicity does he get how many marketing marketing dollars uh does he spend and can i benefit from absolutely i'm i'm in for that all day long yeah that makes sense i i came home from the conference actually and his birthday is the same day as my clean date of from gambling so nice we did a press release on, it had a picture of me on the boat with them looking at my 10X nails. And we did a press release that it was like my birthday present to Grant to celebrate his birthday on my clean date. But to your point, it gets my name in the article with him, which is kind of what he teaches us, like be everywhere, do the thing. So that's brilliant. And I agree with you with helping new business people. Cause I kind of feel that way a little with the virtual assistant business too. Cause there's people that could be business owners. And I guess I find a lot of therapists or psychiatrists, you know, like people that don't necessarily get given the skill set of business. Mm-hmm. So there's a good crossover to teach them or introduce them to the fact that it's sales or how to delegate or how to do the things. And for me, I'm learning and I don't know if there's any lessons that you can share from along the way, but I'm learning that I take things for granted. When you talk about going to help these other construction people, like in my mind, any entrepreneur that's an entrepreneur, they know how to write a job posting. They know what the financials are. They know how to interview. Well, that's not true. And and I'm just really wrapping my head around that. So what do you think is going to happen with the, with the construction folks or, what does that look like you helping them? Because there are a lot of pieces. There are. Um, I apologize. I'm, I'm trying to stop saying um, and I keep catching myself doing it. And it's driving me nuts. So there's uh, uh, there's levels of, of things, right? I feel pretty, con- I felt three years ago when I started my business, pretty confident in my ability to go hire somebody. And then I hired five or six different people. And then in 2020, I had 110% turnover in my company for various reasons. But I can tell you that my hiring skills improved along the way from what I was learning and educating myself in. And the process got better and got smoother. My ability to create a decent job description that actually says what they're going to do day to day, not just here's your areas of responsibility. Because so many times when we're starting a business, it's just Hey, I need someone to come in and do this. Well, what does that actually mean day to day today? And what are the performance metrics in that? And so what I thought was a decent job description a year ago, I'm realizing now is just the very broad outline for where we need to get started on a thorough job description. 
Yes. And you talked about metrics in there too. I love that because it's something, again, I took that for granted. We had P&Ls and we had bosses that were looking at trends and all of those things. So Ben, I'm not savvy on construction in this world. So what am I not asking that you would love to share with the world? That is a great question. I'm well, sorry I will on the spot quite so much. I will tell you uh, this, that I think I, I disagree with Grant Cardone on one thing. Uh, he says, do not own a home. And I think you should own a home. I think you should be careful in owning a, owning a home. It's not necessarily a huge asset and it's not always going to go up in value, but I think you should own a home because there's a sense of pride in owning a home. There's a sense of belonging and safety and comfort in owning a home that you don't get when you rent. Uh, I've owned homes. I've rented homes. I rent homes out. I sell homes. I just, I think there's a lot of value in owning a home where people go wrong is thinking they're going to buy a home and hold on to it for a couple of years and turn it into this big investment. And that's going to be their retirement. No, you might make some money off your home, but you should never count on making money off of your home. If you do, it's a bonus. It's just a bonus. And I think that's the way it should be looked at. But what you're, what you're investing in is, is your lifestyle. And so pay up front or be prepared to do the work to modify your home to make it exactly what you want. So I've heard this from so many other people. And then I had the experience myself. We, our very first home we bought, the little town home, I wanted to change a bunch of things about it and didn't. But we, after we lived there for a couple of years, we moved out. We rented it out for a year and then we sold it, which helped finance the start of this business. And after renting it out, we did some renovations to fix it up and get it ready to sell. And after we did that, I was like, dang, this place is actually kind of nice. <laughs> I like, I would live here again. Why did I not spend, I mean, we put probably less than $500 into it to get it ready to sell just changed the air grills, did a couple of paint touch-ups that we knew needed to be done, but we didn't do them while we lived there. Just a few dumb little things. And all of a sudden it looked amazing in there. And so I, I would just say, you know, get the home that you really want or be prepared to put in the work and do the work up front. Don't do it as this, you know, I'm, we bought that home definitely as an investment. We bought it. It had been on the market for I don't know, six months or a year or something. And so we knew we were buying it cheap and we planned to fix it up and we improved it quite a bit. Um, but ultimately in the end with, I don't know that we really made money on it. We kind of made money when we sold it, but we put so much into it. I don't know. But the, the good thing is the major projects that we did there, were things that we wanted and we benefited from while we lived there. We didn't do this stuff at the end and then go, oh crap, we don't even want to sell this now. We like it. So make it make your home what you really want. Pay the pay the little bit extra up front. It doesn't cost a, a ton extra to just really kind of customize it. And we're not, I'm not a custom home builder. Uh, most custom changes that people ask for, I'll say no because we don't have an architect on staff or a drafter make significant changes. But, you know, just choo choose the colors you want Choose get uh, get yourself really invested in in your home and, and make that your place where you're going to go there, shelter from the world and then go out and conquer the world from from there. I love that perspective and I'm such a believer in it. 
especially if you're going to spend all that time in there, it should be exactly the way that you want it and, and like it. So that's great advice. Who's our, who's our perspective is skewed right now because of COVID, but even pre COVID, how much time do you spend at home? Like you spend more time at home than you do anywhere else. So make it, make it what you want. Yeah, I agree. I had gotten, I'd gotten fired from a job in 2013, a sales job because I was horrible at sales. And I, I had a company car and I didn't want them, them, whoever was going to finance me to figure out that I didn't have a job when I needed the car. So I ran out and I bought a car and it was a Chevy Equinox and the payment was like almost $600 a month. And I remember my friends being so judgy, like, why did you, you know, take on this car payment? And I'm like, listen, if I paid 400 to be miserable in a car, like, what's the point of that? I'd rather be 600 and love my car and get so excited to go in it. So that's what I was relating your house example to is, yeah, you, you should love it. So who's your normal demographic? Like who's, who's heading out your way? I mean, what is, what is the population in New Mexico look like right now? So we're, we have two really main target personas and they happen to have a lot of overlapping needs, which is nice. When we first started our business, I designed homes for, for me and I wanted to sell to me, uh, young families, young professionals, uh, making decent money into technology and home automation. And we get some of those buyers definitely but it actually overlapped New Mexico. Our areas is highly ranked for top places to retire. And so we get a ton of retirees coming in from all over the country. They're sick of the cold everywhere else. So they come here and great, great temperatures wear t-shirts in at Christmas time. You know, that's, that's my favorite thing about it. And uh, so we're, we're, uh, where was I going with that? So, so we have these, these two personas now. We have the, the young family, young professional, um, or we have these, these retiree buyers. And they both get a lot of benefit out of the same things, the home technology. Uh, we have not traditionally been a, a green builder, a super energy efficient builder, but we've always built better than code. And so we're building an energy efficient home. We build nice spaces. We do we, my, my philosophy is I want to include as much as I possibly can in the base price of the home, all the things that a lot of other builders are, you know, it's an upgrade for them. It's an upcharge blinds, garage door opener. The first house I, the first brand new home I bought was with the company that I used to work for and it did not have a garage door opener installed. And I was the purchasing guy. I knew what the, I knew what the markup was on that garage door opener and I said, no, 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 I'm going to go do that myself. I'm going to save myself some money here. And then I spent about eight hours with my dad trying to put these two garage door openers in and trips back and forth to Home Depot a million times and so much headache that I said, when I start my company, I'm just going to, I'm going to include garage door openers every time. It's not going to be an upgrade. It's just going in because everybody needs it. Everybody wants it. And it's a pain in the butt to do on your own. And so we just, that's, that's kind of our philosophy. So we include blinds, garage door openers, pendant lights in the kitchen, um, tile backsplash in the kitchen you know we try and make it really nice and and then we do some some different architectural features we do all of our homes or most most of our higher higher end um homes we do some entry level stuff that's that we can't do this in because of the lower price point 
but our, our most of our homes, we do 10 foot ceilings with eight foot doors in the main living areas because it just feels custom. It feels really nice. And now I walk into a, a traditional home in our area, at least with nine foot ceilings and, and regular six, eight doors. And I'm like, oh man, I'm going to hit my head. And I'm not a tall guy, but I feel like I'm going to hit my head when I walk through another builder's house that has these shorter doors because I'm so used to the big volume that we, that we do in our homes. I think I know what you mean, but can you explain it to verify that I know what I mean in case anybody else doesn't? what you mean by technology in the homes? Yeah, so we've, uh, we've done several different things to include technology in the homes. The first thing, biggest one is smart controlled lighting. And there is a number of ways to do that. The one that we use is called Levin and that's spelled L-E-V-V-E-N if you wanna look that up. Uh, Levin wireless switches. So the switch still goes on the wall. It still looks like a totally normal rocker switch you know the flat ones not the old style toggle switches uh, looks like a normal kind of flatter switch on the wall and lives completely normal if you want it to or you can use the smart features that allow you to uh, control all the lighting from your phone through their app but the cool thing about it is so you get smart lighting but you also there's no wire behind that wall so we designed, you know, the average home is designed for a right-handed person that's going to walk in a room and use their right hand to turn on a light switch. And that's how the switches get located. I mean, that's just kind of how they're designed. But if you're a left-handed person and you move into your house and it drives you nuts every time, you can just take two screws out of the wall and move that light switch wherever you want it to because there's no wire there. You can set it on the desk if you want to. You can add extra switches to control it from your car, from wherever, or you can do that through your phone. Wow. I never thought so, this left-handed thing before. Yeah. Um, I, I never really thought about it. I just, I mean, I'm right-handed, so I, but my wife is left-handed. So that's why I thought of that. Like, hey, there's a huge advantage. But even, even simpler, uh, we moved into the home we're in right now, and the electricians had put the light switch for the pantry inside the pantry. And the it's kind of an angled front, and so it was weird to reach around and hit that light switch. And I said, this is dumb. I want it on the outside and I didn't have to go cut sheetrock and, and move a wire in the wall and everything. I just pulled it out from one side of the wall, stuck it in the other side of the wall, a little of spackle and paint and it's done. Wow. That was really cool. And then, but then there's also the fact that there's not that wire running from the switch to the wall. So we're saving material. We're saving some time on labor. And so we've got this, the green part of the, the story, plus the home automation, plus the convenience. So that's, that's why we use that system. You have a lot of really nice differentiators, it sounds like. You're- so <laughs> we've, we tried, we worked really hard to do that. So that's one part is our smart lighting um, of the home automation. The other part, we do a, a quick set uh, keypad front door lock. Uh, which is a smart front door lock. So it can be controlled either through the quick set app or just punching in the keypad at the front door, which is so convenient. If you think about it, I'm not much of a runner, but if you go out, you know, in the morning, go on a jog, I don't want to carry my keys with me. You know, my keys have my, my truck key, my house key, my, you know, whatever, all the, all the things that are on my, on a keychain, And I don't want to carry all those with me if I'm trying to go on a run or whatever. So I just walk out the front door, hit lock behind me and come home, punch in the code. And I'm right back in the house. So I love that convenience. We do a video doorbell included 
and we've done a smart thermostat included. So you can control thermostat. Wow. I, I was thinking it was some of those things. So I appreciate you explaining it. I stayed at somebody's house not too long ago and they just gave me the code. So, because I left sooner than they did to go home. And I just thought that was fascinating. And it was a newer house. So yeah. We're just coming so far. Yeah. I mean, those, those kind of keypads have been around forever, but, but now it can be controlled from your phone too. So I don't need, they wouldn't even have to give you the code. If it was a smart one, they could just say, Hey, ring the doorbell when you're there, it'll pop up on my thing and I'll, I'll verify it to you with the doorbell camera. And then I'll punch it in the, the button for you and it'll unlock the door and you're good to go. Wow. That's pretty awesome. We do that. And then we just, we, we pre-wire our homes for a lot of stuff. Uh, cameras in the front and back and in the garage uh, speakers throughout the home. And then if people want them, they can choose those options and go ahead and actually put the speakers in or, or whatever it is. Wow. Sounds fun, actually. Like to have that result sounds fun. Yeah, it is fun. So if people want to find you, how do they find you? If they want to come out to your neck of the woods to live? Absolutely, they should. I try to be pretty easy to find. Uh, I'm on Facebook, just Ben Beard, uh, or Facebook, Redcliffe Homes. I think it's facebook.com slash NM for New Mexico. Uh, we're on Instagram also at Ben Beard Official and at Redcliffe Homes NM, I think it is, <laughs> at Redcliffe Homes NM. Uh, I also have a podcast, The Ben Beard Show. That podcast, uh, we've been interviewing local business owners. We're going to switch. One of my struggles has been finding mentors in the construction industry and people that have built big construction businesses, new home construction sales businesses that I would like to model after and, and be like them one day when I grow up. And so I'm switching the focus of my podcast to start to go interview home builders around the country, whether they're huge or whether they're a little bit smaller. So if you are a home builder and would like to be on my podcast, please reach out to me. It's at the Ben Beard Show. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, but I think we're going to get rid of those and just do it from my personal profiles. Um, but we're, the podcast itself is on Anchor and Spotify and iTunes and Google Play. And I think pretty much everywhere podcasts can be found. It was easy to find when I tried to look it up. So that's, oh. that's good. It was, it was right on iTunes. Uh, is there anything that you want to say otherwise, Ben, before I ask you my question that I ask everybody? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, I love it. The, the new information, there's a lot of new information for me. And I would never be able to really help construction guys or, or that kind of stuff. So it's been awesome to have you on here putting food for thought and giving them some guidance, I think, for, for that kind of entrepreneur. So I was excited about that. All right, here we go. It doesn't have to be business, but what is your favorite book? Ooh, gosh. I have a lot of favorite books. My, we didn't even get into my whole past, how I changed from being an employee to being an entrepreneur and a business owner it has a lot to do with books. And so I've, I've read hundreds of books and I love them. Well, uh, share listen. it with us. I'm not rushing you. Share it. If you want to okay. tell, tell us. Well, I, I just, I transitioned from working in the field, building homes to being in the office. And at that time 
I said, okay, I, I want to earn an MBA, a master's degree in business by sitting at my desk and, and working and just listening to books and podcasts. And so within two or three years, I'd read over 75 books, listened to literally, I went back and calculated later, thousands of hours. I think it was two or 3,000 hours of podcasts on business and leadership and personal development and, and entrepreneurship and all these things. And it just kind of went on overload there for a long time of all this content. And that's what took my mindset from, I want to be a guy with my boots on tool belt on in my truck all day, every day uh, to, I don't really want to be on the job site as much anymore. I want to focus on working with my team and growing a business and, and creating a system rather than actually building homes myself. Uh, Cause it's funny I'm a home builder, but I found out I'm not the guy that I want working on my own individual homes. I hire people to do my home projects because A, I don't have the time because I'm focused on my business, but B, I just get mad and frustrated because I'm trying to do it too fast and I start cussing for my kids and that's not good. So I'm, I just figured, you know what, it's better to just pay for someone else to come do it. It's going to take the time and do it right and not just rush through it. So anyway, that, that books have totally changed my mindset. So, uh, top books. I mean, I'm, I'm a big, uh, Christian, I'm a believer. So the Bible and, and I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. So we have the, the book of Mormon as a companion scripture to the Bible. Um, so I have to include those in my list of favorite books. Um, I'm a big fan of Ayn Rand. Ooh. Ayn Rand, A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. Uh, she wrote Atlas Shrugged, if you've heard of that one. That's probably her best known book. Yes, that rings uh, well. It's kind of a it, heavy political themes, but it's also, if you didn't, if you weren't looking for that, you can also just, it's a, an incredible story. It, it's like 64 hours on Audible. It's ridiculously long, but it's so good. I listen to it probably once a year. Wow. She, and she's got some other good ones too. Um of course, the 10x rule. I got to say that. <laughs> love, love Grant. Uh, that was that was actually be obsessed or be average was probably my favorite Grant book until I just read for the first time recently, um, Sell or Be Sold. And I still, even though we talked about, it, I went through this shift where I realized I am a salesperson, but I still had never gone back and read that book uh, because I I'm not day to day on the sales floor. Mm. But when I I read it just recently as part of my uh, Cardone U master's sales certification. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. This is incredible. So I really, I really liked that one. I can appreciate where you're coming from. That's books and podcasts and all of that was how I got a lot of education too. You said your MBA, you were using that as a, as a figure of speech. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I would actually go get an MBA. I don't think you can do that just by listening to podcasts, but there is one called the real life MBA. I think it's Jack Welch maybe and his wife, ah. but you're not going to get a degree. I don't think from them. So, but no, it was just kind of, I want to learn that those same type of concepts and learn about money and, and all that from, Love from it. free education, basically. Well, I dropped out of my MBA once I discovered this online learning world and I had the last class I took, giving it a shot was a marketing class. And I'm like, I learned nothing practical. 
And you know, the money was like obscene. So I'm much happier being in this kind of books, podcasts and all of that. So I mean, you can learn from the experts of the experts that are actually doing it all day, every day. You know, Grant's Cardone is selling stuff every single day himself. Not, I mean, yeah, he has a sales team and he's not necessarily making a phone call every day, but he's out promoting his business and, and selling stuff every day. How can you, how can you get better sales advice from a professor that's sitting in college that's probably never sold anything? If not, maybe, you know, maybe they did 20 years ago. The game's changed. You, you got to stay up to date and stay current. So that's what, that's what these other platforms allow you to do. That's, that's absolutely right. And that's how, like, I found Pat Flynn. That's how I learned how to podcast was because I recognized his name. You know, like, the, the answer to everything is out there anymore. So. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for your good list. And thank you for being here, Ben. This was amazing. I'm glad I got to learn. I learned a lot from talking to you. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you. Great talking with you. I appreciate it. And I look forward to listening to more episodes of your show. Oh, thank you.